Hello and welcome. It is Tuesday, March 23rd, and this is the premiere episode of Locked on Zags, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. I am your host, Stephen Carr. You can follow me on Twitter at SCargo, that is at S-K-A-R-R-G, and the number zero at SCargo. Soon you'll be able to follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Zags. We'll be getting that up and running here in the coming days. And you can always rate and subscribe to the show on whatever platform you find your podcasts. Well, it finally happened to me. I got asked to host a podcast, which is something my wife has been telling me to do for months. For those who don't know me, as I said, my name is Stephen Carr, and I graduated from Gonzaga in 2015. Um, I played basketball my whole life growing up in the Bay Area. Uh, My claim to fame, I guess you could say, is that I was second in the league in rebounding my senior season behind Aaron Gordon, who's obviously excelled in the NBA at this point. Um, I've been covering Gonzaga athletics in some capacity since 2012 when I was still in school. When I was in school, I directed an all sports show for Gonzaga television at the time. It was called The Doghouse. um, And I took it over after a friend of mine, Colin McQuilkin, graduated. Um, I also directed The Kelly Graves Show, which was a coach's show that revolved around the women's basketball team. Former head coach uh, Kelly Graves was in studio and we talked about his team. We did some film breakdown um, and he was a good sport about all of it. And we had a lot of fun. Um, Since then, I've been covering the Zags professionally in a bunch of different ways. Mainly, I work in the production truck for broadcasts. Um, I've posted a bunch of pictures from the production truck many times throughout the years. Um, You'll either catch me running replay or uh, running a camera for most home games. I also have taken several road trips to Santa Clara and Pacific and San Diego. uh, And even I've done a game at St. Mary's. So I've kind of been all around the WCC. Um, I've also been riding over at Slipper Still Fits on SB Nation for a few years. And now I have my own website, which is for more X's and O's content for the hardcore basketball fan. I'm a varsity basketball assistant here in Spokane, and since we have not had a season, our season doesn't start until uh, May, so uh, I've been able to kind of put my coach's hat on and watch a bunch of Gonzaga film this year, and I've created a website. There's a bunch of content on there. One of the biggest pieces is a huge offensive breakdown of Gonzaga's um, offense from the season. Um, There's probably 40 minutes worth of video content talking about their ball screens and transition game and how they just kind of read and react as opposed to running a bunch of set plays. But they do have some set plays, uh, but all of that is in there. Um, The website is pinned to my Twitter profile if you ever want to see it and subscribe. But the name of it is scargozags.substack.com. It's also got a preview and a recap from this past Oklahoma game. So if you want to go on there, I would appreciate it. I also do uh, some work for Gonzaga's video department. All of this is basically to say that I follow the Gonzaga program very closely. And it's not just the men's program, but the women's program and the baseball team as well. You're going to get all of that on this podcast and some more. Um, Today, however, is just going to be kind of an intro and a primer more than anything else. Um, Later in the week, uh, we're going to talk about a bunch of stuff, but today on the podcast, we're briefly going to touch on how the men and women fared yesterday, and that's going to come up here in a few minutes. First, I want to break down how exactly this podcast is going to work. Um, obviously, it's perfect timing being in March Madness right now. Uh, there's, there's plenty of content to go around. 
Uh, obviously, it would have been nice if the Gonzaga women would have advanced to the second weekend as well, but there's still plenty to talk about. Um, the plan for this podcast is to be up five days a week. Uh, once in a while, maybe up four, but the plan is to be up five days a week. It should be in your feeds every morning. So you can listen to it while you make breakfast or work out, do chores, driving to work, whatever. Whenever you want to listen to it, it's fine with me. We'll start every episode likely with a recap, everything going on in the, uh, the world of Gonzaga athletics, um, scores from around Gonzaga, previews of games that are coming up, whatever's going on in Gonzaga athletics. Uh, I will give you that at the start of every show. And then later we'll dive deeper into whatever the biggest topic of the day is, and that's going to take up the second and third segments of the show. We'll likely have interviews from people from in and around the program um, throughout the coming weeks and months, and hopefully you'll enjoy it. Today, we're briefly, as I said, going to touch on what happened on Monday, and then later in the week, as I said, we're going to have more in-depth analysis of the win over Oklahoma, um, the women's loss to Belmont. And then we're going to preview the Sweet 16 game against Creighton. And we'll also take a look at the rest of the NCAA tournament bracket and how the West region is really become the West region with USC and Oregon and Gonzaga as three of the four teams still remaining. But first, a minute to talk about rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Chain stores have different price tiers for, for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. Go to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write "Locked On" in their "How did you hear about us?" box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's get into it. Let's talk about Gonzaga's win over Oklahoma. Their sixth straight Sweet 16 appearance coming up. Only Duke and UNC have had longer streaks since the tournament field expanded to 64 teams, which I believe was in 1985. Uh, Duke and North Carolina both had streaks of nine straight Sweet 16s. Gonzaga's third on that list now with six straight Sweet 16s, the only current program to be at that mark. Um, but it wasn't always in hand, it felt like. The uh, beginning of that game kind of felt like the uh, a repeat of the BYU game with how hot Oklahoma was to start the game. They came out and started up 12-4, to and Austin Reeves was kind of exploiting Gonzaga in ball screens over and over and over. They kept getting uh, switches with Drew Timmy, and Drew Timmy guarding Austin Reeves one-on-one -on -one was not the best matchup for Gonzaga. Um, and so they had a little bit of a chess match between Mark Few and, and Lon Kruger to, to see the best way to guard Reeves. And eventually, um, Anton Watson came into the game, and I thought that was when the game kind of changed is when Timmy, no matter how good he was on offense, obviously he was not 
the best matchup for Reeves. When Watson came into the game, um, Reeves kind of struggled a little bit because Watson guarding him on switches is better than Timmy guarding him on switches. Um, they got a couple missed shots. And then the biggest play in the first half was when Jalen Suggs, Jalen Suggs ended up taking a charge on Austin Reeves and he picked up his second foul. Um, and from there, he went to the bench and the defense kind of settled down a little bit. Um, eventually, he came back and Gonzaga kind of mixed up their coverages again. They did a little bit more hedging, a little bit more blitzing, um, and they kind of just made Oklahoma's role players beat them as opposed to Austin Reeves. And uh, I did some research on this over a 17 minute stretch, which spanned the first and second half, the uh, supporting cast, which is Everybody except Austin Reeves. They went six for 21 from the field over a 17-minute stretch. And so um, over that 17-minute stretch, Oklahoma went from up by two to down by 19. And once they went down by 19 is when Reeves kind of got a little bit more comfortable again, ended up putting a a bunch of his points up. I think he had 27 by the end of the night. Um, But by that point, the uh, the game was well in hand and there was enough cushion. So um, a lot of his stats at the end were not necessarily hollow, but the, the game was as well over by that point. Um, Brady Manick, who was their big guy, was a, a great pick and pop player, did not have a great game. Hit the first three of the game on uh, the very first play of the game, actually. He had a, a pick and pop for three and uh, everybody was kind of like, all right, we may be in for a challenge here. And then Manic never scored the rest of the game. That was the only shot he made. <laughs> uh, he hit his first shot. He missed the final seven. And then he went to the bench for a lot of the game because he couldn't play defense on Drew Timmy. Um, and I'm sure a lot of Gonzaga fans who are listening to this saw what Brady Manic said before the game. But if he didn't, I'll go ahead and say what his quote was. He said, quote, we've been in the top 10 this year. We've beaten plenty of teams that are just as good as Gonzaga. We're going into this game like we have nothing to lose, but they're beatable. We just have to play basketball and leave it all out there. And obviously, a lot of Gonzaga fans on Twitter took a little bit of exception to this, and then they kind of they kind of had some fun after Brady Manick went one for eight from the field after saying uh, what he said. But one of those reasons was because Drew Timmy, and he was just an absolute monster on the offensive end. Career high thirty points, nine of twelve from the field, twelve of fourteen from the free throw line. He said after the game something which I thought was was pretty interesting. He said that his free throw percentage, which had been uh, dipping a little bit, he said he has been taking that personally um, and that it was kind of unacceptable that his percentage was that low. So he came out today, he was 12 for 14 from the free throw line. Like I said, a career high 30 points and he was the star of the game. They go on to face Creighton. Um, Like I said, it's their sixth straight Sweet 16. Creighton, on the other hand, is making their first Sweet 16 appearance in program history. we're going to have more Creighton analysis coming up later in the week. But for now, I can tell you that they're when they are on offensively, they are very, very, very good. They've got very little depth outside their starting five, but their starting five is fantastic when they're playing well. Marcus Zagorowski is a fantastic point guard. Mitch Ballack and Zagorowski can shoot the ball wherever they want, whenever they want. And if they're hot, they're going to give Gonzaga a challenge, at least on the offensive end. Denzel Mahoney can score and shoot it wherever he wants. Uh, Damian Jefferson, good shooter as well. They got four guys who can shoot threes whenever. Um, And then they got a big guy, Christian Bishop, who's a monster on the glass, even though he's only 6'7", but he's not a three-point shooter. So we'll talk later in the week about 
how Gonzaga can try to guard that starting five and how it's a little bit different than how they guarded uh, Oklahoma. They opened the spread at 13 and a half. So Gonzaga's favored by 13 and a half in that game. They covered the 15 point spread against Oklahoma. And if you want to bet on this game against Creighton, I've got just the spot for you. BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Use promo code LOCKEDON. We've been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. Now is the time to find out which Built Bar is the best. It is Built Bar Madness. Today's matchup is the chocolate brownie chunk going against the lemon almond cheesecake. Personally, I'm a huge lemon fan, so I'm going to go with the lemon almond cheesecake, but both sound fantastic. Go to BuiltBar.com or to at bar underscore built on Twitter. Remember to use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. Football fans, the NFL Draft is just weeks away, so it's time to start following our Locked On NFL Draft duo. The Draft Dudes podcast watches every prospect so that you don't have to. And the Locked On NFL Draft podcast is your daily draft news and mock draft podcast. Follow Locked On NFL Draft and Draft Dudes on the Radio.com app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's finish the show now with what happened in Texas yesterday. The Gonzaga women fresh off their WCC buzzer-beating dramatic and emotional win in the WCC championship over BYU. They had their season come to an end yesterday, and I guess in kind of an ironic twist, BYU has their season continue as they upset Rutgers in the first round in a game that went down to the wire. Um, This Gonzaga game, they went down to the wire as well, but they couldn't pull off the victory. Uh, They had a a hot start um, offensively. The offense was clicking. They went up 22-13. Leanne Worth had a couple easy buckets inside to start the game. Jill Townsend had a a coast-to-coast steal and score. And it kind of looked like Gonzaga was clicking. Um, the, The biggest thing for Gonzaga throughout the season was once they get to the NCAA tournament, can their offense click for 40 minutes? Um, they've had some issues with turnovers and some lulls where they just go into cold spells throughout the year. But their defense and their depth has just worn teams down over and over and over, which is why they entered the tournament. One of the reasons they entered the tournament at 23 and 3. When their offense is good enough to match their defense, I mean, they blow teams out by 40 plus points. So it's just a matter of which offense would show up. Once they got to the NCAA tournament, the first half or the first quarter, rather, it was the good offense. Uh, And then the last 30 minutes, it was very, very turnover heavy. Uh, They had uh, eight turnovers in the second quarter, which led to a bunch of points. Spellmont went on a run 
It went up 33 to 32 at halftime. Um, and then they came, Gonzaga came out in the third quarter and they just never really got the turnovers in check. Uh, Belmont was in their face the entire game, um, just really, really pressured them on the guard line. Uh, Jen and Leanne Worth didn't get a whole lot going on the interior either. Um, but they shot 55% for the game. So they weren't turning the ball over. They were getting decent looks, which is the frustrating part. Um, they finished the game with 20 turnovers, which is obviously way too many. And Belmont at one point midway through the third quarter, they had 18 points off of Gonzaga's 12 turnovers. Um, and then on the other side of the ball, typically this is what Gonzaga does to teams, is force a bunch of turnovers. They forced 15 a game um, from their opponents, but Belmont took amazing care of the basketball yesterday. They only had six turnovers in the game. And then Destiny Wells, who's just a superstar freshman, um, she was the freshman of the year and all-league performer in the OVC. She had 25 points and seven assists on zero turnovers. I mean, that's just a phenomenal performance. And they just, anytime they needed a basket or uh, just somebody to do any sort of playmaking, they got the ball to Wells and she would deliver. Um, she had the, Gonzaga had a couple chances to either tie or take the lead late in the game. Um, and they couldn't do it. And then Wells came down and they set a high pick and roll four and she dumped it off for an and one with about 15 seconds left to put Belmont up by four. And that was pretty much the game. So. Gonzaga finishes their season 23 and 4, which is obviously a great record, but this team was uh, you know, a top 5 seed and they were trying to get back to the Sweet 16 for the first time since 2015. Um they haven't been in 6 years in this group of seniors, which has led Gonzaga to a top 12 AP ranking, which is their highest in school history. They also got a top 5 seed twice um in the last uh, 3 tournaments, which is or I guess twice in the last 2 tournaments since there wasn't a tournament last year which is their best seating in school history, but they never made it back to that second weekend. Um, in 2019, the WCC tournament, uh, Laura Stockton and Jill Townsend both went down with gruesome leg injuries. Um, they won their first round game in the tournament against uh, Little Rock, but um, they just didn't have enough depth to beat Oregon State despite their best effort in the second round. And then last year, they were probably going to be a four seed and host the NCAA tournament in Spokane for the first two rounds which would have been obviously the best chance in their home arena, the McCarthy Athletic Center, to advance to that Sweet 16. Um, and then obviously the pandemic hit and the season ended up getting canceled. So this was going to be that season where those seniors finally got to that second weekend. And it was an unfortunate ending to that. Um, we'll talk more in the about the future of the women's team in the coming weeks. Um, the future is obviously still bright. They've got several good returners. The Trongs are returning. The biggest question is, what are the seniors going to do? It sounds like Sierra Walker, the sharpshooting lefty starter, um, it sounds like she's going to come back. It sounds like Abby O'Connor is leaning towards coming back. She was a, a role player off the bench this year, another really good shooter. But I don't believe that Jill Townsend or either of the Worth twins will be back, but they could surprise us. And if they do return, then they'll be right back to where they were in that probably top 15, top 20 to start next season. Um, plus they're actually bringing in their highest ranked recruit in school history named Bree Salenbien, who's borderline. I think she's a five-star recruit on some sites. Um, so we'll see how she fits into the picture as well. Like I said, we're going to talk more about the future of the women's team in the coming weeks. Um, tomorrow on the show, we're going to do a, a deep dive into the Gonzaga win over Oklahoma. Uh, we talked about it briefly, but I'll get more into that. 
And then we'll talk about the rest of the Sweet 16 landscape. Um, USC and Oregon are in the bottom half Gonzaga's region. Um, and then there's just absolute chaos on the, the whole right side of the bracket. So we'll talk on all that and how it all relates to Gonzaga. And then we'll probably sneak in a little bit of Gonzaga baseball talk as well. Um, they've got a game tonight against the University of Washington, and they've been playing really, really well. So we'll probably mention them. Don't forget, you can rate and subscribe to the Locked on Zags podcast wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow me on Twitter at SCargo. That's at S-K-A-R-R-G-0. And like I said earlier, you can eventually follow the podcast at Locked on Zags, and I'll let you know when that Twitter account is up and running. Enjoy your Tuesday. We'll see you right back here tomorrow on Locked on Zags, part of the Locked on Podcast Network.